I've had points where I've had unhealthy weight loss because of surgery, because of stress, because of all those things. And there's like this little voice in the back of the of my head that's like, oh my God, I'm so skinny. Yay. Yeah. And that is toxic too, because I'm not skinny because I'm healthy. I'm not getting skinnier because I'm healthier. I'm losing weight because it's not healthy. Right. And like, it's been such a revolution for me in my personal life to say, I want to gain weight. I want to get back to my higher weight when I felt healthier than I do now. And that is also part of it. Like stop the negative self-talk mm -hmm. of like, oh, I'm disgusting for eating this cookie. But also stop promoting unhealthy behavior in yourself. Mm -hmm. Even if society is telling you like, oh, it's a good thing that you're losing weight. Like stop and think about that. Look at yourself and be like, is it good that I'm losing weight right now? Like are the behaviors- Like how do I feel? I feel yeah, like crap. Like, do I feel good yeah. while I'm doing this? Yeah. Or do I just think that it's a good thing because I'm meeting this convention? Frequent line breaks. <laughs> Hi everyone, welcome back to Chew On It. It's been a while. I've been on vacation for a while, but I'm so, so excited to be back with someone who we just naturally had basically several podcast episodes that could have been recorded through our conversation. So we both decided like, oh my God, we need to record this. Um, but her name is Sasha Williams. So welcome, Sasha. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you. I'm super, super stoked to be here. Yes. Um, Sasha and I just met a few days ago and we have just been like chatty Cathy's like nonstop conversations. Um, so yeah, Sasha, so tell them a little bit about yourself. Now I've heard this whole spiel, but. So um, first of all, thanks for having me. I'm really excited. I've always wanted to do a podcast and health and nutrition and fitness are things that I've always been super passionate about just in my personal life. And then in my professional life, I worked as a powerlifting coach and a personal trainer for about two years. And for me, working with other people and especially the range of people that I worked with, like people of all sizes, people of all ages, that really taught me a lot about powerlifting, about exercise and our relationships with our bodies. And it's something that I'm very, very passionate about. So I'm really excited to be able to talk about it. And it like radiates when we talk, like Sasha's definitely passionate about it. And it's cool because I feel like her journey into kind of having the same philosophies as I do was very organic. Um, but of course, like same with me, like it comes from a lot of personal background and your own kind of upbringing with dealing with weight gain and what does health really look like and what society or our family expects looks like the right body. 
Um, but you're not really in that field as a career now. So tell them what you do. So, <laughs> uh, right now I'm actually a ski patroller on Aspen mountain. So, uh, my job, like most of my jobs have been very physical and very outdoor oriented. Um, before that I worked as a ski instructor, which was interesting because it's also kind of like working with people, teaching them like a new form of movement. And it's interesting because I think that even though it's like not necessarily like in the training capacity or in the nutrition capacity, I feel like these sort of outdoors oriented, very physical jobs and especially like in a teaching capacity, I think that teaches you a lot about like how different people approach movement how they approach their bodies so even though like i'm not working at it in a professional capacity anymore it's still something that's very relevant in my personal life and my interactions with everybody around me and like yeah it's 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 hard to separate yourself from that because it's such a huge part of our lives and who we are as people. Totally. Which is why like I need breaks from my career because it is like, it's something that you think about when you're trying on clothes, when you're doing a physical activity or when you're eating, right. It's like, it's just very prevalent in our personal life, but that excites me that you're so passionate about this because you're not, you know, like most of my guests on this podcast have been eating disorder therapists or dietitians in the intuitive eating space. And here's someone who values kind of the same philosophies, but isn't making it their life or their career. And I think that that's really exciting for me because it means that there has been social change. Um, but yeah, so we can go right into kind of like what topics ignited everything. And I think the number one thing that started this whole conversation was you told me that you are a powerlifting coach. And I'm not going to (laughs) lie. I don't know if I told you this, but like my body did kind of like pause a little bit and like maybe tense up a little bit because I was like powerlifting. Like I associate it with like beefy, you know, what do you call it? Meatheads? Yeah. Like beefy like this like gym yes yes like butch personality like someone who like lives and breathes like fitness but not in like a casual way yeah but in like a like I don't know like I just picture like someone super muscular just loving powerlifting all the time um and that is so not the story that i got from you and by the end of our conversation i was like oh my god i want to (laughs) go i want to start powerlifting um but yeah so tell the listeners a little bit about powerlifting and like your perspective on it so that is like kind of the reaction that you had is one that i've encountered a lot both as when i coached and someone who even after i stopped coaching i still as much as i can i maintain that powerlifting routine of trying to lift three days a week of like doing that because it's an activity that i really enjoy and that has really benefited me but um sorry i just got like (laughs) but um 
it's something that I've noticed that oftentimes when I say that I was a powerlifting coach, people are taken aback and they're surprised because I am a little bit on the skinnier side. I am smaller. I don't necessarily have the look of someone who's a powerlifting coach. I literally verbatim said that when the minute you said, oh, I used to be a personal trainer and teach, like I was a powerlifting instructor, I think were the words you used. And I was like, oh, you don't look like someone who would have done powerlifting. And so it's, yeah. And I got that a lot. Like even when I was coaching and I was regularly lifting like 280 pounds in my deadlift and like regularly benching more than my body weight, like people would see me and they would notice that I was visibly fit. And the question that I would get a lot is like, oh, are you a runner? Like Mm. people would look at my body type and my kind of like thinner, more like lean body type. And they would assume that I was like a runner or like some sort of long distance athlete or a swimmer. Like people didn't typically look at me and think, yeah, this is the type of person who like regularly lifts. Like weight training. Like heavy weights. Yeah. And I noticed that like that's something that when I started coaching, like I encountered a lot in clients when I would pitch the idea to them. Um, There was just a lot of misconceptions of people saying, well, like, that's not for me. I'm not like, I don't want to be this big muscular person. I'm not really like an aggressive person or like, I don't want to get hurt. And there were all of these misconceptions about what powerlifting is about and what weightlifting is about. And especially among women, like I would hear more than anything, I don't want to be bulky. I don't want to be too big. I don't want to be too muscular. And I always like would feel a little bit frustrated when I would hear those things because through my own experiences, my personal experiences and through the people that I've coached, I have like come to realize that weight training and powerlifting is so beneficial Mm -hmm. to so many different types of people. And it's not this like scary, dangerous thing for meatheads Mm -hmm. to do. It's like, (laughs) it's something that is like really empowering and can be really like can produce really amazing health changes in people. And I especially would see that a lot because I would work with women. I worked with a lot of older women. Like I worked with a lot, a lot of the clients that I worked with were like 40 plus. I worked with clients that were in their sixties, even some in their seventies that had never lifted before. And by like, getting into this process in a way that was measured, that focused on form and effectiveness. Um, By doing that, I saw the amazing changes that it would make in these people's lives. Including their labs, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it was huge. Like, I would see 
these amazing results for people. And these were people that like months earlier had been saying like, no, I could never do that. Mm -hmm. And Mm. so for me, having had this like really profound personal experience with it, I still regularly encounter like this mentality of like, powerlifting is for meatheads, powerlifting is for if you want to get bulky and all of these things that are false. And it's like, I want to push back against that. I want to push back against these cultural misconceptions that we've created. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of misconceptions, we were just talking about how like some of your clients would sign up with you and kind of pin, well, okay, not even that. Like some people would see you and pin you as a runner or a swimmer versus a weightlifter. And earlier you and I were talking about how, you know, like when I used to run half marathons, there would be people running way faster than me and the whole marathon. So they'd run longer distances than me and they would be in larger bodies. They would maybe be a little older, maybe a little flabbier or just thicker, like whatever, like their bodies would just look different, like against the grain of what you would stereotype. And then you're a big swimmer now. And you were saying the same thing about swimming, right? Like you get passed and absolutely. And I definitely, I don't know if I would describe myself as a big swimmer. I just like, I about two months ago or so started attending this master swim class because I was curious. I loved swimming when I was a kid and then I got back into it and I got to this class and it's all mostly people who are middle-aged and a lot of them are a little bit on the chunkier side. Like they are a little bit bigger Um, and they are just swimming laps around me like they are absolutely like they've been swimming for so long they've been attending this class they swim three days a week and they are phenomenal at it and i am struggling to keep up with them yeah but absolutely if like you were to line us up on shore and like just have someone who had no idea come in and try and point out who they thought was the best swimmer like I think they would probably assume that I was the fastest or right. like the strongest in the class when yeah. it's really the opposite. Right, right. And it's just like, it's like you said, with the marathon runners, you can never really, like you can't know what someone excels at or what they do just by looking at them. Totally. And that's like huge. Totally. So another thing that Sasha and I have been really passionate about by the way, did I ever say her name? Her name is Sasha Williams. I no, think you I did. did. You did say my name. <laughs> okay. Another thing that Sasha and I were like talking about, like very passionately, is this idea that thinner is healthier and that heavier weight or higher weight or higher BMI or whatever you want to call it, larger bodies are unhealthy. And so I, y'all have heard my perspective episode after episode about this, but I kind of want Sasha to tell her kind of perspective, which is the exact same as mine, but it came from you. So I was like, oh my God, yes, we see eye to eye in this. Well, cause that is something again, that I 
feel very passionately about in terms of misconceptions is that there's this assumption that thinner is healthier and it's so wrong. Like it is so deeply ingrained in our culture. This is how like people approach health is people will oftentimes start working out or start diets with the intention of losing weight with the assumption that to lose weight is to be healthier. Mm -hmm. Yes. And everything that I've done in terms of like my research, both professionally and personally, in terms of nutrition, exercise, and just like general health science has taught me that that is false. Right. Like thinner does not equal healthier. And especially like you and I were talking about like body positivity and the way that like a lot of people will push back against the body positivity movement, which does have its own issues. I think you and I agree on that. But there is this like toxic tendency to say, well, it's like being bigger, being overweight, like we should stigmatize it because it's unhealthy. And that is a false assumption. And it really drives me crazy because I think that trying to justify discriminating against or stigmatizing a group, trying to justify it by this like false pretense of being concerned for their health Mm -hmm. is really disingenuine and it's really harmful and just just a crappy thing to do. Mm -hmm. So that's that's, like an attitude that bothers me a lot. And that's our personal attitude, but Sasha and I have both reviewed the same research that shows right like there is this doctor who did like a meta-analysis or like basically like a large sample study on it was um i don't remember the specific name of the doctor but it was a danish study and i think it was done primarily on the population of copenhagen um and it included over a hundred thousand people so it was huge yes this as a study sample size is like most studies are not that extensive yes it's massive it was a big study and he basically concluded that people are just as healthy over the normal bmi right as they are in the normal bmi so maybe even a little healthier So what they found is if you looked at like longevity in different sections of the population, um, the overweight section in BMI, the overweight portion was the most like long lived and the healthiest Mm -hmm. on all these different like metrics of like, like blood cholesterol, like heart issues, stuff like that. And then even more surprisingly, what they found is that people who are in the obese BMI category actually tended to have like the same um, like potential or like longevity as people who are in the normal range. So that was like a really 
fascinating find. Totally. I just, um, while you're talking, I pulled up my Kindle e like my Kindle book of the obesity paradox, and it's full of literature that kind of negates that myth of, um, what's it called? Of thinner is better or like weight loss is the way to health. And the thing is, is like Sasha and I didn't independently come about this mindset by wanting to believe this, right? It took mm -hmm. a, I mean, for me, at least, I remember being in a Texas university being taught on one hand, oh, we teach weight loss as dietitians for health. And on the other hand, reading my own research and also being taught by my instructors, by my professors and by the textbooks and whatnot, that like, oh, wait, but if I read this article, it's showing me that you are just as healthy in this higher BMI. So like, it was a lot of cognitive dissonance for a long time. I didn't choose to believe like weight inclusive philosophies or that you could be healthy at, you know, any size. It's, it was inevitable that as you keep being exposed to these things, you just get frustrated because you're like, oh my God, why doesn't everyone believe this? And especially like I was raised and like generally grew up like growing up in Colorado, like we tend to have a fitter population on average than most of the country. 100%. So I was raised in a very active state. My mother from, was very- Are you from Aspen? Uh, not from Aspen. I'm Carbondale. From Carbondale. Okay. But Carbondale. I am from the Valley. Yes. And it's like- It's a very health conscious it's community. It's a very health conscious community. And like, it, you can see that visually. Yeah. Like walking around this community, like everyone's for the most biking part, everyone's and... biking, hiking, everyone's fit for yeah. the most part. So, and also just like my upbringing, I was taught that like, you should aspire to be skinny, that you should want to be mm -hmm. thin, that mm -hmm. to be thin is to be healthy and all of these things. So, for me, actually, like learning all of this stuff about thinner is not necessarily healthier, that mm -hmm. actually it is healthier to be a little overweight. All of that was like, like you said, like this cognitive dissonance, this like shock of like, if there are so many studies and so much solid science that indicates the opposite of what I've been told my whole life, why is this social paradigm so widespread and yes. so hard to break through to break through yeah like why is it so hard to dispel this myth i don't that know we've been taught that we've been told over and over and over again i don't know but it is so hard and i think i mean part of it definitely is not only did our moms bring us up that way but their moms brought them up that way so it is deep rooted in our dna <laughs> like you know, the epigenetics have changed at this point from just the intergenerational, I would say, dieting trauma, right? And mm -hmm. like social climate that our parents and grandparents have been trying to navigate. And not only in our personal families, but it gets reinforced in the medical like literature. And there's a lot of weight bias in medicine as well. And that I will say doesn't 
make much sense to me because they are reviewing research. However, most doctors do not spend as much time reviewing lifestyle as much as such a, a dietitian or for me, it was like my master's in public health really helped me dispel a lot of those beliefs. But like yeah. doctors spend a lot of their time learning medicine, you yeah. know, not so much like, well, what's going on with weight loss? They're just like, oh, what are the studies saying that help with weight loss? They're not really, I don't know. I just, I don't understand why it is so deep rooted in the medical field, but that, you know, I've talked to several dietitians in this valley and the valley includes like Aspen, Basalt, Carbondale, Glenwood. Um, but there is, there are intuitive eating dietitians here in this valley who have told me like, good luck being here because it is so not accepted that a larger body could be healthier. Yeah. And you know, and I'm like, hello, I'm from Texas. Like the fat phobia in Texas runs rampant, but yeah, I have noticed it. Like there's a lot of very athletic people. And I think a lot of the physicians aren't catching, you know, they're just thinking, oh, healthy, healthy, healthy. And it's like, oh, what about undernourished or, you know, like, I don't know. There's And it's interesting because that bias kind of, it goes both ways in the sense that like sometimes fatter people who are healthy and who are living a healthy lifestyle are unfairly stigmatized and like it's unfairly assumed that because they are bigger they are they must be unhealthy but the reverse is also true like it can be assumed that just because someone is thinner that they aren't at risk of say developing diabetes that they aren't at risk of developing heart disease mm. And so thinner people who have serious medical conditions, sometimes those conditions can fly under the radar. Mm -hmm. Like one thing I was reading up before we did this podcast, I was reading up on that study that we we're talking about that showed that like overweight was the most healthiest BMI. Mm -hmm. And they were talking about how often BMI is used to calculate insurance rates. Mm -hmm. when, so yeah, I do it every day. Perfectly healthy people that are in that overweight BMI or even in the obese BMI who are healthy, who are athletic, might unfairly get charged a higher like insurance yep. premium mm -hmm. because they don't fit this stereotype. Mm -hmm. And the same is also true. Like people who are in that normal or like underweight BMI might get passed over for like medical conditions or something. Well, I will say an underweight BMI would probably ding a little higher premium. Yeah. But but yeah, no, I agree. And a lot of us dietitians hate that we have to chart BMI, but we do kind of have to do it because insurance wants to know it. Um, but okay, along those lines, tell them about the BuzzFeed article with the girls who changed their diet. Oh, yes. Okay. And, so, then I, and then I want you to tell them about where you were thinner and less healthy. If that's so, okay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Again, I love talking about this stuff. <laughs> I want to dispel these misconceptions. <laughs> I'm like, so much. spill it. <laughs> but it was interesting. So it was a video. 
and it was like BuzzFeed was really into doing these like people of opposites, like swap lifestyles. And one of theirs was healthy eater and unhealthy eater swap diets for a week. And both of them were like thin, conventionally attractive girls. But the unhealthy eater was a lot skinnier. She was she was just very skinny. And I think she was one of those people that naturally had a high metabolism and could really eat whatever they wanted and stay skinny. And then the healthy eater was also thin, but she was a little bit more in that like normal mm -hmm. BMI category, I guess. And she was a little curvier, a little bit thicker. And so the unhealthy eater, like she would talk about how her diet was mostly like pizza and ice cream and like all of these sort of cheesy processed foods. And then the healthy eater, she was very much like, I like eating salads and like quinoa and like salmon, you know, like the, the mm -hmm. traditionally you're, healthy Yeah, things. your stereotypical, yeah. Yeah. And so many people in their comments and in the comment section were like, the unhealthy eater looks healthier than the girl who's eating healthy. Yeah. And so many of them are like, oh, well, like this girl who's eating pizza, she's like healthier. She's the healthier one. Like you, I read that comment over and over and over again. And it's like, you are being presented with a direct example, like of how someone can eat unhealthy and still be. I know. Okay. We got cut off. Um, but yeah, Sasha, you were saying someone could eat unhealthy in quotes and still be thin yes yeah and yeah i think that story is you know it resonated with me and is important to me because it was part of my journey to unlearning was noticing like in high school when i started being really self-conscious about what i was eating and my weight and what causes weight gain i would sit across the dining table from my brother and noticed that he would eat whatever he wanted and stayed thin. And like, that was part of, I've talked about this before on my Instagram, that was part of my model of being an intuitive eater was just like, stop trying to control your weight with this like restrictive mindset. Like it doesn't work that way. Um, and also my best friend in high school was like, so thin, like, I don't know, may have qualified for an underweight BMI, I'm not sure, but also ate, you know, whatever she wanted, would stop when she was full, but like, the whole, the whole diet, you know, like, processed foods, sweet foods, but also like, very natural whole foods, like, it was, yeah, the whole array of foods, without having to fixate on like, what should I not be eating and was so thin and content and didn't have to stress about it, you know? Um, and yes, that is thin privilege, but I think it's also like lens to like, when you don't worry about your body so much and when you don't try to control it, it will settle into its own natural weight, which is like set point theory. But anyways, I digress. Um, I, I also, I do want to add, Two things to that like before we got cut up cut off like you were saying something that i thought was a really good statement which is that like obviously food is complex and like when we say like healthy and unhealthy diet like that needed to be kind of in quotes because i mean 
like it's not you don't want to eat processed foods all the time right but like also it's not necessarily unhealthy to indulge in pizza sometimes yeah. it's not yes agreed. like always healthy to like only eat, eat like yes. only eat salads or only eat yeah like, raw foods and yes stuff like, that. like that's not always necessarily the healthiest choice for your body yeah and i've heard and multiple accounts really thank you yeah yeah, so like putting things like good food, bad food in air quotes, putting things like a healthy weight or unhealthy weight in air quotes or healthy diet and unhealthy diet, I think needs to be in air quotes because um, it's just, yeah, it's very complex. Um, one example is, you know, try to go one week eating all plants and salmon you will feel probably like crap. Like if you don't have maybe a slice of bread and like an occasional, like, I don't know, you know, like if you don't branch out, it, it's, yeah, it, it's very restrictive. And with the restriction comes like, honestly, a cost to your microbiome because your microbiome appreciates the variety and just like it's hard to digest all that fiber from the plants and like you might be missing sodium and some of those vitamins and minerals that come in the processed foods because our food industry does like inject our processed food with like fortifiers which is a good thing you know and a bad thing but it's it's helpful too I wish that like people could see how aggressively I'm nodding <laughs> to like what you're saying because like I have personal experience with that like I when I was in college I was really discovering this like my personal health and like fitness and nutrition and I really got into it then in college and I had like a month where I cut carbs I was like, I'm not eating carbs. I'm not eating processed sugars. And I felt terrible. Mm. I felt lethargic. Mm. I felt bloated. I just like, that was not what was good for my body. Mm. And I'd read so much literature that was like, don't eat processed sugar. Don't eat carbs. Like these are the enemy. And I mean, later on, I started like doing a little bit more research into nutrition and I imagine you've heard about like the three body types, like endomorphs, oh, endomorphs yeah, yeah. and mesomorphs. <clears throat> so I kind of tend towards being more of an ectomorph. And for ectomorphs, like generally eating more carbs is good because that's the kind of energy that our bodies process. So by trying to do what was like kind of the mainstream, healthy, yes, like the mainstream bad diet of what's healthy. I was actually working against my body. I was working against myself and I felt that like I felt terrible. And that's another example of when we value health so much that, or, you know, whatever, that we're so open to what external sources are telling us, but we're negating what our own body and our own lived experience is trying to communicate to us that it needs. Um, and you were also giving an example of that, which by the way, I hadn't heard that story. So I'm really glad you shared that. Um, but you were also talking about how, when you were intermittent fasting, you had like these mm -hmm. crazy cramps on the day that you wouldn't eat. And you were just so convinced because everyone was talking about how amazing it was for your health that like you just kind of ignored them or you didn't think 
you know. I had just powered through. Yeah. I was like, this is like we're taught to work that's another thing like that's in working out culture and in diet culture there's this idea that you have to like power through the pain like no pain to no get gain those results and it's like no in working out and in diet if your body is in pain if you if you are hurting like it, that's usually because it's trying to tell you something yes and we're so used to this concept yeah. like I've seen people hurting themselves mm -hmm. through working out and it's like they're telling themselves, oh, this like I have to work through this pain. I have mm -hmm. to tough it out in order to see results. And it's just frankly like blatantly unsustainable. Mm -hmm. And also like you're you need to listen to your body mm -hmm. like you can't. It's not helpful. Yeah, it's not it's healthy. Not healthy to just hurt yourself yes. in the name of achieving yeah. the sort of external, socially imposed goal. Yeah. So that whole no days off, no pain, no gain, all that stuff is like can be toxic, even though it's in the world of fitness and health. You know, which is it's a bummer. And it's also important to note that it's like scientifically un. Supported. Yeah, not sound. Like yeah. this whole thing of like I never take a rest day. Yeah. Like. I lived, one of my roommates that I lived with when I was living in Maui gave himself um, like rapto because he was so like he'd been overweight and he started his fitness journey and he was losing a ton of weight and he got like so fixated on like, I am successful. I can't ever miss a day yeah. that he put himself in the hospital yeah. with it's really like, sad with what he was doing to his body and it's like it's almost like you see it in fitness culture you see it in dieting culture it's like celebrated mm -hmm. it's exalted to like push yourself to these limits yeah and it's like it's not you're working against yourself you're sabotaging yeah. your own goal mm -hmm. and i will say like I feel like as women, even though we do self-sabotage and we have a lot of, there's a high prevalence of like body dissatisfaction and like wanting to lose weight and be thinner, but I am seeing it more and more in men too. Yeah. And just men tend to go harder, I feel yeah. like, and put themselves through more. But not only that, they then take pride and then feel superior, right? So it's like, um, we need to provide more resources for men, not only for their own benefit, to like be able to find true health and true body satisfaction, but also to kind of be more empathetic and, and neutral toward other people instead mm -hmm. of this whole, oh no, I'm inferior if I have some you know, chubby or yeah. I'm superior if I'm fit. It's like, oh no, you need to have a little bit more understanding of your own experience, but also that might help you understand what other people are going through in their body changes. And that touches on something that like, I also wanted to talk about. And this is like, this is a little bit of a digression, but it's going to come back to what you just said. I'll hold you to it. So, <laughs> so, a lot of what has like been part of my deconstructing this notion of like fat phobia and thinner is better 
was this tendency. So I forget the name of this model, but there was um, a model like a couple years back that made a lot of waves because she was um, obese mm -hmm. and she was a model and she became well known for it. And a lot of the discussion around it was, oh, well, this obese model is promoting an unhealthy body type mm -hmm. and an unhealthy body image, and we shouldn't be promoting that. And that felt deeply hypocritical to me mm. because so much of the modeling industry and mm. the models that we see are promoting an unhealthy Ooh, level of thinness. I never so thought like, of it that way. And it's, it is like a lot of models, especially more so in the 90s, but also in the 2000s. Yeah. And now. And even now, so many of them are living extremely unhealthy lifestyles to maintain this unnatural thinness where they are doing drugs like cocaine, they're yeah, smoking, starving. they're doing, they're self-starving, these starvation diets. So it's like, it's very much a hypocrisy, I feel, to say like, it is unacceptable for an obese model to promote her, mm -hmm. air quotes, unhealthy body type, mm -hmm. when like traditionally We've been modeling doing it for has decades. been promoting an equally unhealthy body mm -hmm. type. Like being yeah. excessively thin mm. is just as unhealthy as being excessively overweight. Or yeah, or like, like whatever the behaviors mm -hmm. are. Just like forcing yeah. your body into an unnatural yes. size for what it is, is not healthy. Right. Good. I love that. I love that you brought so. it back. Um, Wait, yes, tie get back to men <laughs> because women are not the only ones that have to deal with like yeah. unhealthy body standards. I was reading an article a little while back on like what Hugh Jackman had to do for the role of Wolverine. Oh, yeah, and like all of these male actors that play superheroes, a lot of the times, this like superhero body of being like really cut these like rippling muscles and like really highly defined abs is promoted as being like a healthy ideal male body mm -hmm. like a natural state because mm -hmm. it's like wolverine so it's like natural but when Bullshit. you look at what they have to do to achieve yes. that state often oftentimes it's like it's like self-torture yeah. really like the things they do to maintain that look isn't healthy it isn't sustainable it's not even sustainable for these actors yeah. and this is like promoted as like this is what men Should... are supposed to look like this yeah. is the healthy ideal body yeah and it's like that's so false yeah and it's so tied in with all of our society's like messed up expectations yeah for men and masculinity and like that could be a whole podcast yeah. in and of itself but like it's the same thing it's like these objectively unhealthy lifestyles and bodies are being promoted mm -hmm. as being healthy and attainable and they're not mm -hmm. so there's this hypocrisy in like saying that body positivity is promoting unhealthy body types that's not true like 
we as a society have been promoting unhealthy body types for decades, Mm -hmm. decades. And it's, it's so it's, it's a lot of hypocrisy in there Mm -hmm. that often goes unchallenged, I think. Oh, hardcore. Yeah. I was telling you about that hospitalist who told me like, you know, he stopped me in the hospital when I was at my phase of my worst anxiety ever, where I couldn't stomach food. So I was depending on like, boost nutritional supplements. Um, And I had lost quite a bit of weight. I mean, I don't weigh myself, so I don't know how much, but I noticed I was thinner. And this hospitalist stopped me and was like, how come all dietitians have such low BMIs? And you know, he was saying it in a sense of like, I have tried to lower my BMI. So like, tell me what your secret is. And like, I was, I'm so fed up with like weight stigma that like my immediate reaction was, because we all have anxiety, depression, but like, I was just like, please understand that it's more complex than like this protocol and like, you know, thing that you can follow. But anyways, um, the two, you know, the thing that I always remind myself of as a dietitian who is meant to serve my community and serve my client or my patient is that I do value health and therefore I'm not going to give you a diet or give you counseling that would be unhealthy. But I think the difference with the two examples that you gave of a fashion model and an actor is that they are not doing it in the name of health. Now, one person who I think is incredibly hypocritical is Gwyneth Paltrow, is who is doing it in the name of health and selling Mm -hmm. it as healthy, right? But like, a fashion model and an actor, they're not claiming to be healthy. I don't think they are, you know? And of course the the viewer might read it as such because that's um, reinforced in society, but it's not that they are outwardly saying, hey, here's my healthy body, you know? And now their, their um, rebound weight might be unhealthy, just like their fit weight or their thin weight is also unhealthy the way that their weight rebounds after their fashion show or after the movie that could also be unhealthy but that doesn't mean you know it's the disordered eating or it's that it's that eating pattern of forcing your body to an unnatural state that is unhealthy and their body is only doing what's natural by rebounding Mm -hmm. um but anyways all this to say is it is okay to live your life and not value health. Like it's perfectly morally acceptable and totally your call if you wanna live your life and not value health. And therefore you may choose a path where your health might suffer. You know, I mean, despite body image, some people choose careers that they're up pulling all nighters or that they're, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so like, it is okay to put health second to living your life. And I also want to add to that, that there is, again, when we look at like the social hypocrisy, like stigmatizing people for their weight is 100% not a health-based thing. And you can see that in the fact that, like you said, like pulling all-nighters and this like hustle culture Mm -hmm. is deeply unhealthy, but it's celebrated. Mm, So like, why is it that we celebrate 
all of these like unhealthy behaviors, but stigmatize yeah. being overweight with the justification of, oh, well, it's unhealthy, uh-huh. air quotes. Yeah. And like that too, like that touches on something that we talked about earlier, like the exact same unhealthy behavior can be celebrated in someone who's conventionally attractive, but like <laughs> demonized in someone yeah. who is not attractive or overweight like when I say that I think specifically of like eating like Mm -hmm. eating a lot eating yes like burgers and fries and like stuff like that like there was I think when I was a kid this Carl's Jr. commercial and it was like this thin model in a bikini on the hood of a car just like eating a big juicy burger and there was like ketchup dripping on her chest and stuff (laughs) and like this like air quotes unhealthy eating behavior was like celebrated and fetishized because it was a hot girl doing it it was a hot girl doing it (laughs) and granted all people eat burgers yeah everybody eats burgers (laughs) in all sizes (laughs) but yeah sometimes it's black bean burgers but still (laughs) but yeah you see someone in a larger body doing it and you're immediately judging yeah and it's horseshit and there's this like moral judgment that goes on it too like there is this moral judgment of oh this person is that because they're lazy, mm-hmm. because they're greedy, because they're yeah. like... And let me just say, and we talked about this earlier too, the only thing you can control, you listener, me, dietitian who is weight inclusive, but also human, and Sasha, the only thing we can control is our own internal dialogue. So when I am, when I've gained you know, like I said, I don't weigh myself, but let's say I have a bad body image day um, and I'm eating a cookie. I cannot control what Sasha thinks of me eating a cookie. I can only control how I correct my own internal dialogue. For the record, when I see you eating a cookie, I usually am thinking, "Mm, I want a cookie. (laughs) (laughs) I'm saying that because I just (laughs) ate one. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like, I just think that there is, you know, there's a lot of social movement right now, but like what Michael Jackson said it, not that we respect him, but like one of the oldest things, one of the oldest phrases is like, you know, look in the mirror first or like focus on like yourself first um, instead of trying to change what the person across the room is thinking of you. It's like, well, really like slow down and pay attention to what your thoughts are because those are the ones that matter the most. Like, are you criticizing yourself for eating that burger? That's going to be way more toxic than your, you know, the person across the dining table from you think whatever they're thinking. And also like the flip side of that is true too. Like I've had points where I've had unhealthy weight loss because of surgery, because of stress, because of all those things. And there's like this little voice in the back of the of my head that's like, oh my God, I'm so skinny. Yay. Yeah. And that is toxic too, because I'm not skinny because I'm healthy. I'm not getting skinnier because I'm healthier. I'm losing weight because it's not healthy. Right. And like, it's been such a revolution for me in my personal life to say, 
I want to gain weight. I want to get back to my higher weight when I felt healthier than I do now. And that is also part of it. Like stop the negative Mm self-talk of like, oh, I'm disgusting for eating this cookie. But also stop promoting unhealthy behavior in yourself. Mm -hmm. Even if society is telling you like, oh, it's a good thing that you're losing weight. Like stop and think about that. Look at yourself and like, is it good that I'm losing weight right now? Like are the behaviors- Like how do I feel? I feel like crap. Do I feel good while I'm doing this? Yeah. Or do I just think that it's a good thing because I'm meeting this convention? Yeah. Wait, tell them specifically about that last time that you told me about where you were thinner and- Oh, I'm forgetting which one you're- You were like, oh, recently, like I had lost a bunch of weight and- Yeah, recently I lost a bunch of weight because um, I had a tonsillectomy and it was painful for me to eat. It was like most of the food, I just didn't want it. Mm. And I lost a bunch of weight during that. And I also lost a bunch of weight because this winter was really physically hard on me. And there was a lot of stress. There were a lot of health problems that I was dealing with. And I lost a bunch of weight because of it. And I could feel that my body wasn't as strong as it used to be. Mm. I could feel that I didn't feel as fit and as healthy as I did. But like part of me when I was looking in the mirror was still like, "Ah, I'm so skinny. Mm. (laughs) And that what made you want to like what made you put the, oh, I'm so skinny down on the bottom of the totem pole of what you value and where you want to be? Because I like feeling strong. Mm-hmm. Like I like going to the gym mm-hmm. and lifting a ton of weight. I like, I work in a very physical, very male dominated field and I love when someone says, oh, no, don't like do that. I'll lift it for you. And then I pick it up and I'm like, <laughs> I don't need your help. <laughs> like, I like this like sense of external validation I get when someone sees me doing something and they go, wow, you're really strong. Yeah. And they don't expect that. I mean, you're a ski patroller, so you've got to be like <laughs> But insane. that feeling, it's like feeling strong and capable and healthy and like powerful in my body you value is it more. just such a more validating and amazing feeling yeah. than being skinny yes like it at the end of the day that's what i want more and that is the key of where i guide my clients to because the same could be true about unhealthy weight gain and i'm gonna not put unhealthy in quotes because the so the philosophy of health at every size is that it's more about your behaviors and weight is not a behavior right so when you were doing you know under surgery and you know working yourself to the bone maybe not eating as nutritiously or well you weren't because of the surgery um not tolerating as much food that is unhealthy but so is eating like not nutritious food 
to an excess, just like it is under eating, Mm -hmm. eating in excess doesn't make you feel good. That is the key is that you have internal cues to tell you what feels good. And I've had countless patients, you know, get hospitalized and they're like, oh, like right before COVID, I was I was working out and I was eating this way and I felt so good. And then like when COVID came, it threw it all out the window and I was just like sitting on the couch and eating a lot like stress eating. But here's the thing, you don't need more discipline to not stress eat. It's like, yes, we all need to go through a phase of like, I fell off the wagon and I kind of wallowed in self-pity regardless of it not feeling good. Mm-hmm. But it's like, ultimately your internal cues guide you and what feels good, the the eating style that you're doing and the movement style that you're doing that makes you feel your best is what's going to get you to like your natural set point weight. And I wanted to add on to that, this like phrase that's been running through my mind a lot, like health isn't about how you look, it's about how you live. And like, ultimately like we are in this body our entire lives Mm -hmm. and it's not about like the short term moments it's not about like your three month weight loss god yes to that bikini body for the wedding or whatever your vacation yes it's not about your like two months that you or even surgery or your like year of like i've been depressed yes about like the overarching journey of your life yes lifestyle and it's all about how can i live in a way that feels good that feels sustainable that is good for me. And And a lot of that is using curiosity and we're not going to do it perfectly. It's a lot of trial and error. Like you tried intermittent fasting. Mm -hmm. You learned by trying that it didn't work. That it's terrible. I, I tried not working out very often. Like during 2020, I tried just like be like being good to myself by resting more turns out that isn't what i needed and i developed crippling anxiety and insomnia because i wasn't moving and mobilizing my energy Mm -hmm. so it's like you are allowed to get it wrong infinite times and like self-correct or you know hire a uh i would prefer like an intuitive eating dietitian to help guide you (laughs) okay um yeah, I don't know where we were. We got cut off again, but we're going to have well, to make this a part one and part two. <laughs> we are. We are. There's so much to unpack yeah, there. Yeah. Because, like, I think we were talking about health as, like, a lifestyle and not a moment or a period in your life. But it's, like, I don't know. It's like you said, we're going to have to do a part one and a part two because there's just so much here yeah. to talk about, to unpack. Yeah. Like, I haven't even gotten really on my bulky rant yet. <laughs> I have so many more rants to, to talk That's how about. I feel. That's why we made the podcast. Because, yeah, this is a never-ending conversation with so much to unpack and chew on. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. Oh, one last thing I wanted to talk about was I am from a very Mexican family. Like, if you were to talk to my dad, you'd hear his thick accent. They moved to America 
right before they had me and my brother. And Sasha is from a very Russian mom. Mm -hmm. So she has the very thick Russian accent. Same thing. <laughs> yes. Everybody always like, wow, your mom's very Russian. <laughs> <laughs> and the way you say her name like cracks me up too. But we, okay. The reason I point this out is because I do feel like America gets a lot of heat for our toxic gut diet culture. And it's funny because her and I have so much in common of like the myths that we've had to dispel about our own body size and what's healthy and weight stigma and stuff. And we're not even from American culture. So it is a global issue. Like, please stop bashing on America and trying to get America to change. Because first of all, it's just not going to change. And second of all, I really think your energy is better spent on just like focusing on what you can control and kind of like honestly seeing the bigger picture. Like this just sprouts more questions. Like why does all of the globe care? Mm -hmm. You know, like... And I do want to say, I want to challenge that idea. Like it's never going to change. Like it is going to change. It is in the process of changing. It Yes. And, like, right. True. Like you said, like you picked up a lot of unhealthy, toxic messages about weight loss and body image from your mother. I picked up a lot of unhealthy, toxic messages about weight loss and body image from my mother. And she picked those up from her mother yeah. and etc etc and my friend one of my best friends from middle school she is in the process of like conquering the toxic body messages that she picked up from her mother including all of my clients mm -hmm. so none of us are alone in this mm -hmm. and i encourage you guys truly to open up more conversations like I think women would be excited if yeah. you're scared to open up a conversation about this, like find that one woman that you have like a hunch would be open to talking about it and just open that can of worms because I really think it could be, it is, I know it is healing to start having these conversations. And that's like what I want to say. We're in the process of changing things right now. Yeah. Like this conversation, it's not like based on an ideology or like an unfounded thought process or like our emotions or our feelings about the situation it is based on facts science mm -hmm. studies that are challenging the status quo studies that are showing that what we have believed is wrong yeah and also our own personal experience telling us that this is not right it's not checking out yeah and the more that we have these conversations the more that we take the time to talk to our clients talk to our friends talk to everyone around us and the more that we take the time to say no like these assumptions that we have aren't true that's changing the culture that's changing this attitude to try and get to a place where we can have a healthier relationship with ourselves and a healthier relationship with others and our own bodies and honestly other people's bodies too because yeah. it's not you or my or anybody's business to tell someone that they are lesser than or that they are greater than, greater than. <laughs> 
because of how they look yeah. or because of our perceptions yeah. on how they should look or act. 1000%. Um, but yeah, so Sasha, so if you guys are in the Valley, um, in the Roaring Fork Valley, get in touch with us because Sasha has a brilliant idea to host a weightlifting, right? Or powerlifting class. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> so um, yeah, I'll put a link in the notes for you guys to get in touch with us and we'll keep you all updated on that. But otherwise, stay tuned for a part two and we'll be back. Oh yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah. This thanks. has been so exciting. Super fun. All again, I love talking about this yeah. stuff. Like I'm, this is an obsession for me, honestly, like health, fitness, nutrition, all of it. Yeah. I want to have these discussions. Yeah. So it's definitely. been really gratifying to be able to do that. Awesome. I agree. I agree. All right. Bye guys.